2: Second hour is here. Outkick 360 is back. We're live at 6th and Peabody. Yeehaw beer, old smoky moonshine. It's all distilled and brewed right here on site. And there's more to this place than just the distillery and the brewery. Plenty of options, all the games on. Uh, Chad, we're located at 6th and Peabody. There's a location that adjoins this campus, so it's all one massive footprint. They call it Seventh and Peabody. That's not the actual name of the place, but it's like a private bar area uh, here on site uh, that we we actually if, if for those familiar with the show that go back from when we launched the first week we were on, we did a NCAA watch party here. Yes, and we set up our cameras in that bar area. That's where we were at Seventh and P. Seventh well, and Peabody.
0: We had our. Um Uh, We had our uh, fantasy football draft for Outkick 360. That's right. In that room also. There's an arcade in that room. Very cool private bar. Great for holiday parties. Great for holiday parties. Speaking of holiday parties, this place is a winter wonderland outside. Christmas lights are up. There's all these different displays. It's very festive here at 6th and Peabody. Come see us. Had a number of people stop by today and wave to us through the window of our studio. Uh, Great spot if you're headed downtown. uh, Maybe maybe. We'll be doing an event before the Music City Bowl game here that we'll be telling you about. So a lot of reasons to come down to 6th and Peabody. We love it.
1: Very exciting. Uh, Get you in the spirit. Walking just through here. And whenever I see, you talked about
0: everything being made right here on site. Mm -hmm. Whenever I see Garrett, the head distiller Yes. there's something comforting about seeing him and knowing that this gentleman is making my moonshine. (laughs) You want to know the person behind the moonshine? I see him. He's very friendly. Says hello. I see him. I see him with his giant beard, and I think this makes sense. I'm very comforted. It's not out there yet. Moonshine.
2: Well, maybe I haven't looked today. It's not out there yet, to my knowledge. There will be. I I hear there's going to be some orange moonshine coming your way, Chad. And you're a big fan of the egg shine. Big orange moonshine. Just
0: in time for a possible Music City Bowl pregame party right here at Sixth and Peabody with some orange moonshine. And you're a
1: drinker of the egg shine. I, I am.
0: It? I am not. I've not tried Paul the egg shine yet, but I will. Uh, I am, although drinking a lot of eggnog, uh, which will show up in, on my waistline uh, by New oh, Year, yeah. so it's going to be great. But every they, every night, I'm a daily eggnog drinker. I think they right call now. it
2: shine nog, not egg shine. Egg shine. shine. Egg the, shine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like. I like the way Reed said it better. That it sounds, sounds better. Yeah.
2: That way. Paul makes it sound like a paint color.
0: Yeah. I thought it's funny. Take
2: a little egg shine.
0: <laughs> Take a little egg shine off of that. So what? they call it. They call it. What is this room color? Egg shine. <laughs> what do they great. call it
1: again? Reed.
2: It's called. Well, I was just looking at it. And now the uh, display lost. is showing. Oh, okay, Shine number. nog. It's shine nog. Shine nog. Moonshine. shine. Right.
1: Showing off your eyes just like the that. You're the one. <laughs> twenty twenty vision.
2: Chad's been. Chad's been. Uh, like I. I feel like you, Chad, are in the holiday spirit. More than you've ever been.
0: Yeah, it's. I think kids bring kids. that out
2: of you. Kids. Uh, but even, having, even having two more, small kids. even even more than last year. Well, so my
0: six-year-old has this hit list of uh, Withrow family Christmas activities. And I think there's a, it's 11 deep. One of them is drink a lot of eggnog. Uh, there's the dancing Christmas lights that we saw last night. There's another Christmas display. There's going to the Christmas store. There's all these different things on there, and we have this big red marker that we put the red check mark every time we check off one of the items on her Christmas family fun list. So that has definitely got me more into the spirit. And also, as I said before, drinking eggnog always gets me in the spirit, Hutton, and I'll continue to do that every day.
2: What keeps us in the spirit of Just like John football discussion, very jolly, is John McClain's yes. You can follow him on Twitter at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. He joins us from Houston, Texas. John, hope you're doing well and uh, hope you enjoyed the old school football mentality of last night with all the running. Taking us back to the 70s, the last time we've seen a quarterback only a tip three passes in a game. What did you think of what Belichick and McDaniels and Mac Jones and the Patriots did last night against Buffalo?
3: It was old school. That's great. That is a great way to, to put it. I can't remember a game where there were that few passes. And I think Buffalo's defense did not a terrible job. I mean, they didn't give up many points, but when you know a team's going to Run, you should be able to stop the run. You should be able to load up the line of scrimmage and make a rookie quarterback throw the football. And they didn't do it. And that's why they deserve to lose. Plus, Josh Allen didn't throw much in the first half. He did in the second, 30 overall. Another great coaching job by Bill Belichick, who, barring a total collapse, is going to be voted coach of the year. I believe for the first time, I think Josh McDaniels should be voted assistant coach of the year, and Mac Jones will run away with the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year award.
0: John, we had this debate in the first segment. Did this game last night say more about the Patriots and their winning streak and the game plan and everything else, or did it say more about the Bills' disappointment this season?
3: Bills have been struggling over the last five weeks, and the thing about the Patriots, though, in the winning streak before this game, They were averaging 35 points a game. Then they go to Orchard Park, terrible wind, a lot of snow. But wind, as you guys know, wreaks havoc on a passing game, a kicking game. And nobody's going to outsmart or outcoach Belichick. So I think it said more to me about the Patriots and what they were able to do in a hostile environment and terrible conditions and still win that game and take control The AFC East, which still blows me away, because I thought the Bills were going to run away with it.
2: Well, the Bills could could, based on what they're doing, they can't run the football, and they're they're they have I believe they're one in four against teams with a current winning record in the NFL, uh, which means they're they're not good in the AFC because twelve of the sixteen teams in the AFC are or five hundred or better. Um, I, I'm curious from your perspective, could you see the Bills falling off to the point where the parody in the AFC catches up to them and they're out, even with seven teams getting in the postseason?
3: Jonathan, I sure do, based on the way they've played in the last month. And you look at their schedule, their schedule, they got to make another trip in two weeks to uh, play the Patriots this time at Gillette Stadium. And I think, don't they play Tampa? They this do. To win the next game. Yep. So they've got, they could, uh, they could really, fall back, and that'd be, I'm guessing of all the teams that I thought were good, the Bills would have to be the biggest disappointment.
1: Belichick, by the way, has won Coach of the Year three times. I think it's been a while, but uh, he, he
3: has secured that in the past.
1: Before <laughs> well, I'm glad off, you
3: told that. me that because I can't remember the last time he won it since that voting was always for regular season and not the playoffs.
1: I would imagine he won it in, uh, in 2001, the first time they broke they broke through was a pretty, pretty big deal. But
2: why? Uh, why do they do the voting for regular season, John, uh, and and not because some teams playoffs?
3: don't have the? It's it's an it would be an, a not an unlevel not level playing field if you took into consideration what happens in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, most sports most yeah. sports have regular season awards and then, you know, Super Bowl MVP that that sort of thing. So I don't have a problem with that. He's, uh, he's well, I'm just saying, from a, the coaching awards.
2: And normally, I guess, the, the teams that come out of nowhere and make the playoffs, there are always those teams every year. Primarily, those coaches are Ron Rivera, for instance, is one coach of the year on, on teams that he took to the postseason that you weren't expecting in Carolina. Um, th- those would be the, the times where the deserving coach gets recognized.
1: Yeah. Belichick last won it in 2010. So he's gotten his fair, fair shake.
0: John, were you close to the guy who uh, called Cal McNair or Tommy Boy and got escorted out of the stadium uh, with the sign at the Texans game? By the way, your tweets were on fire this weekend. Well done. Bravo. Yes, Bravo, tweets John McLean in that game. Very well done with your tweets.
3: Thank you. They give me plenty of ammunition. He wasn't escorted out of the stadium. He was escorted, told to go back to his seat. Uh, oh. they should have just they didn't pay attention to him. They should just let him sit there and squawk because there weren't really many enough fans in the stadium to pay attention. It was desolate in there. I told a friend of mine who used to go to games, he says, i got a friend who's got tickets on the 50, and he can't get anybody to go. And he asked me if I'd go, and I don't want to. I said, go. You have no problem with parking, no problem with restroom lines, no problem with concession lines, and you could sit in a whole section by yourself. So this is the best time to go unless you care if the Texans win or lose. And right now, they're just getting bombarded, as you guys can imagine. And what's interesting, before the season, everybody predicted they'd be the worst team in the league, and they are the worst team in the league. But here, so many people seem to be surprised. I think they're the worst team in the league. In my new weekly rankings, I have them below Jacksonville and Detroit, even though Detroit still has the worst record. I think the Texans are the worst team in the league. they got a Big game coming up in two weeks. They go to Jacksonville. That game is going to have a huge effect on who gets the top picks in the draft. I can't wait.
2: (laughs) John, uh, while we're just talking Texans football here, um, Terod Taylor has been miserable since he came back from injured reserve, and Davis Mills drafted to play. They're gonna uh, they they put him in this past week. Are they just going to stick with Mills now? And is there any scenario where they see enough from Mills that they determined that they shouldn't draft a quarterback high in this upcoming draft? Because Tyrod Taylor is, is showing us he's, he's not the answer moving forward. Mills could be. But is there enough body of work left on the schedule to even determine that at this point?
3: They've got five games remaining. And Tyrod Taylor, we, we can't figure it out. He was great in the first game against Jacksonville, great in the first half against Cleveland, suffered a hamstring injury, missed six starts, then came back and was terrible. At last, in the Jets game, he threw two touchdown passes. They were up 14-3 with 10 minutes left in first half, and he was awful after that. And now, he's got the NFL's worst offense. They are the fewest points. They are the most points differential. They have the worst running game. Somehow, their passing game is 31st. Only the Bears are worse. I'm hoping that the Texans can get the offensive hat trick. It just looks better. 32-32-32 when you're talking about offense, rushing, and passing. And their defense has played better. But as you guys know, when your defense is on the field for almost 42 minutes, as it was against the Colts, they're going to score some. And too many three and outs. First two series of the game, two turnovers. First time in Texans' history. They've started with two turnovers. First time they've been shut out at home in regular season. So putting Davis Mills out there is like throwing the Christian to the Lions in the (laughs) Roman Coliseum. He's got an – he can't be protected. Now he's got guys who can catch if you have time to throw it to him. But you know when Rex Burkhead, who last year blew out his knee and was not invited back to the Patriots, when he is your best back, you are in trouble. And I think there's method to the madness, which is to uh, try to get that first pick and they're on their way. But right now, Davis Mills should play the rest of the season. He Against New England, they lost to the Patriots here 25-22. He was 20 of 27, 317 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and a rating of 141. The people in New England said that was the best game a rookie's ever had statistically against the Bill Belichick defense, but he hasn't come close to that since. because as you, if you can't run, that is a recipe for failure for yeah. almost any quarterback. The wheel of parity is complete thanks to the Detroit Lions.
1: We'll share it with John McLean of the Houston Chronicle when we come back.
2: And we'll ask John which team in the AFC is going to press New England the most the number one overall seed as the season now positions towards the postseason. That's all straight ahead on Outkick 360. Hang with us. Outkick 360, joined by John McClain across the Outkick network. You can follow him on... At McLean underscore on underscore NFL. Also, you can read his work, TexasSportsNation.com, Cron.com with the Houston Chronicle. He's covered the league for nearly 50 years. Uh, John, we're about to get into the parody of the league and the the, the wheel of parody, I think is what they call it, Paul. Um, but first, you mentioned New England in the first segment and how they're on their path to not just win the division, but right now they have the leg up of the number one overall seed. Which team in the AFC do you believe will give them the biggest push? Because Baltimore, uh, they've won close games. They lost a close one against Pittsburgh. Tennessee's banged up. And meanwhile, Kansas City started slow. Those are your top four teams. Who would you give it to?
3: Kansas City, without a doubt. Chiefs are on a roll. They've been doing it with great defense. Their defense in a winning streak has given up 11.2 points a game. They've been playing better defense than any time I can remember since Andy – we got there. Patrick Mahomes still can't put together any consistency, but he's still Patrick Mahomes. You expected to, him to go off anytime he did for one game, 400 yards, but he hadn't been able to duplicate it. But I think as we're into the crunch time of December and as the pretenders and the contenders are separated, you'll see him to continue to play play well. And if it's a game with uh Patrick Mahomes, and Mac Jones, give me Patrick Mahomes any day of the week.
1: So uh, Field Yates tweeted it out: the circle or wheel of parity. Detroit, Detroit's win uh, completes it. So you can go around the entire league and find a way that every team has beaten somebody who's beaten somebody else, and it, it completes the the whole chain. Um, yeah, I, I, we always have recency bias, but is this? season through 13 weeks now, unlike anything you can remember in terms of no dominant team emerging and and so many teams, particularly in the AFC. You look at everybody's got six or eight wins.
3: Boy, I'd have to go back over all the seasons, Paul, right off the top of my head. No. And sometimes that parodies P-A-R-O-D-Y, because there's some jokes in the league. There's so many bad decisions. Being made by head coaches. And it's just, and injuries, of course, are playing a serious role. Every day we see somebody going on the reserve COVID 19 list. We've got people who are violating the protocols. It's almost kind of like a Looney Tunes season. And, but as we get closer to the playoffs, I think people focus more on football. And I think there's a good chance uh, Tom Brady ends up being the MVP again, and because what is that record? He's thrown at least four touchdown passes four or five times this season, and uh, so I I can't wait to see how it plays out, see who's in the playoffs, because there's so many teams that that it's possible. I hope they don't get teams in with losing records. If Washington wins at home against Dallas, Washington's going to be one game behind the Cowboys. There are some surprise teams, and I'm Happy for fans in those cities because we're certainly not one of those cities with the Texans being one of the three worst teams in the league and my personal pick for the worst team in the league, and I think that's going to be proven in two weeks when they lose to the Jaguars. So congratulations to all those fans, including in Nashville, who have teams that are in the playoff race.
1: Yeah, Houston, the only eliminated team, so you've got that going for your case uh big ben look everybody had the sense that this is probably it for him then these national reporters come out with their sunday morning reports that that he's been talking about it with people and they breathlessly make it like they're breaking you know uh world earth shattering can you believe he's considering retirement (laughs) um but i am curious you know we all think it's likely it for him um but he doesn't want any pomp and circumstance or or rocking chairs given to him as as he makes his last stop in some of these cities or any ceremony to it. Um, What's your take on kind of balancing that out if if he's playing his last five regular season games here after a pretty illustrious career, um, but trying to keep the focus on those games while the Steelers try to stay in it versus any kind of uh, touch of, of goodbye to it?
3: I don't blame him. That's the way I'd want to go, too. I'd love to see him get in the playoffs one last time as a going-away party. You know, Big Ben's 39 going on 59. Brady's 44 going on 34. Ben's body's just beaten up. He can't move like he used to. you think at 6'6", six, six, all the times he's run, whether it was by design or, or the pocket broke down or he couldn't find a receiver, he has a large target. He's taken a lot of punishment through the years, so it doesn't surprise me. The key is, what are they going to do for replacement? replacement? Are they going to draft one of the quarterbacks this year, none of whom is highly rated at this point? Would they get into John Watson, sweep the stakes, make a trade for another veteran? But I'll tell you, if I'm a quarterback, I would definitely be interested in playing for the Steelers because of their winning tradition.
0: John, last night during the uh, Manning cast, uh, Peyton Manning revealed that the Patriots were the only team who would not allow him to talk to the quarterback leading up to the game. So they were very respectful, said he actually called Mac Jones, and he said, Peyton, I'd love to do it, but you need to call Stacy, our PR person, and clear it through them first. He was able to talk to Bill Belichick, but not the quarterback first time this year that's happened. Not a surprise that it's Belichick and the Patriots that shut that down. We had the discussion earlier. I think it was more about faith in his defense that he only allowed Mac Jones to score, to throw the ball three times in that game. But certainly there's a lot of protection of Mac Jones going on with the Patriots right now.
3: Absolutely, Chad. Like they've been very wise about the way they've approached that, throwing a lot of short passes, turned into long gains, and it's working. And it's not just the defense, they've had to run the ball. They ran the ball last night you know when a defense knows the runs coming it's not like the Patriots got one great running back you should be able to contain it but they didn't do it and a lot of the credit goes to their offensive line and the other guys who had to block like the wide receivers to Harry and Peyton Manning he pointed out that when he was a freshman for the Colts they wouldn't let him do anything like that anyway freshman a rookie with the Colts he didn't get to do things like that either but it, didn't, it certainly wasn't surprising that, that Bill Belichick, uh, who doesn't care about PR, uh, would not let his rookie quarterback be, quote-unquote, distracted by the Manning case.
0: Yeah, you're right, John. Manning said, I actually appreciate it. Bill Polian told the community relations and marketing department never to talk to me my first season. said, it's all about football this first season. Don't bother him. And that's the way he was treated with the Colts as a rookie, so... He wasn't angry about it. I just found it fascinating that he's talked to every other quarterback so far getting ready for a Monday night football game, but not Mac Jones.
3: Yeah, hopefully, and, and I love the Manning cast. I especially like it when it's just Peyton and Eli going back and forth. But uh, most times you wouldn't even want to talk to a rookie quarterback, but because Mac Jones has had so much success and has been coached so well and it's to fit in with that system, ideally, you know, everybody wants to talk to the guy.
1: Meanwhile, Eli's sitting back. Apparently, I'm not making any calls at all. He's just letting a big brother carry the carry the workload. <laughs>
0: Does that surprise you? With yeah, just Eli's that's probably as opposed smart, to Peyton's? right?
3: Very smart.
1: Yeah, e- easier gig of the two by far. Well, I, I mean, wonder if
3: they get paid the same by ESPN or Peyton makes more.
1: Well, we
2: know the pay
0: is
3: worth same. more. I, I'm watching. If Peyton the, wants uh, to make
2: more, he can go to Monday Night Football in the booth.
0: Yeah, which he probably will at some point. Um, I, I'm watching the Eli's play, Eli's Places on ESPN Plus. Also, John, I mean, it's the exact. It's all Omaha Productions. It's the same thing as Peyton's Places, but it's college football. And Eli and Peyton really have the same sense of humor. Their demeanor is a bit different, but I mean, they work together because the same jokes pop in their head at the same time. And you see that on the show the way he, the first episode's with Jon Stewart, and Eli Manning is just as funny as Jon Stewart in the episode. But they have the exact same sense of humor. It's why it works.
3: Eli was overshadowed for so long by Peyton. And then when he won that first Super Bowl with the Giants, he kind of came out of the shadows, but he still is not as quick with a quip as Peyton. Peyton's one of the funniest, most informative, most entertaining athletes i've ever seen if he wanted to host a tv show they would let him you think if he called jeopardy and said hey i'd like to do what aaron Rodgers did they roll out the red carpet he can pick anything he wants to do but his goal is still to run an nfl franchise
2: zimmer in minnesota is going to be able to pick out his next job as well um based based on what we've seen um what defense is 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 being called there on that final play and what do you make of Minnesota, who's been in now, what, 11 of, of their games have been decided by seven points or less, and that includes the seven that they gave up on that final possession by Jared Goff. And he, they allowed Jared Goff to complete eight passes on the game-winning drive on the road against the Lions.
3: With no timeouts. Yeah. And it was yeah. one of the worst defensive jobs I've ever ever seen. The way those guys were lined up, you'd think, my God, somebody call a timeout. Another thing, Kirk Cousins has a terrible record in the fourth quarter of coming from behind. And, uh, you know, Dan Campbell going for it on his own 28 there uh, didn't distinguish himself either. But Zimmer, it's been eight years. And Zimmer was a good defensive coach, but I'll guarantee you they're going to fire him. Don't know if he'll take a year off. We're not going to see him in TV. But at some point, he'll come back as a defensive coordinator probably for an established coach. A young guy would worry about Zimmer trying to get his job, but I think he'll be back and he'll do it with one of these experienced coaches and maybe not as a coordinator. Maybe somebody's on the staff as a defensive consultant to work with that coordinator, but it's amazing. The Vikings got a lot of talent. They shouldn't be as bad as they are. I'll say not bad. You know, Detroit's bad in that division. Bears are bad. The Vikings are just mediocre, and to think they beat the Packers.
2: Yep, and, and so when they're bad in close games, they lose games, in, when they, when they're tight, Baltimore has been winning those tight games. They did not win the tight game, go for two off the fingertips of Mark Andrews, um, and and Harbaugh said it's because of his defensive backfield was depleted. He didn't trust what was going to happen in overtime if they lose the toss. Uh, Your thoughts on Baltimore losing Marlon Humphrey now for the rest of the season. He's done. He's not coming back. And what do you make of Baltimore that's very up and down and inconsistent right now?
3: Also, Jonathan, they haven't been scoring a lot of points. Going for two with Lamar Jackson, I had no problem with that whatsoever. A lot of people were critical of it and said, when you have Justin Tucker, one of the two greatest kickers in history, along with Adam Vinatieri, you know, you should have Kick the extra point point, gone to overtime and take your chances with Tucker. Well, that's assuming Tucker got a chance, and uh, he may never have got a chance. Give me uh, Lamar Jackson at the two over whether Justin Tucker would ever get an opportunity. But if you're a Ravens fan, you got to be worried right now. They're going to be playing a lot of zone, and they're, even though they've had injuries in the secondary, they still haven't given up a lot of points. They're still physical you think about it, they let Matthew Judon go in free agency, and he's become one of the league's best defensive players for the Patriots. But you've got to be able to score when your defense is beat up. And so far, they haven't been able to do that in recent games, and that's why I don't consider them a serious contender for the Super Bowl. And, of course, it all began when they lost their top three running backs for the season.
2: Given, given the week – It it appears as though any team in the AFC North can win that division. and Based on what we saw from Pittsburgh this past week and how they played, I'm not saying they're going to. Uh, I know we expect Baltimore to do it or Cincinnati. Or do we expect Cincinnati? Because Cincy, with their recent loss to the Chargers, so up and down and inconsistent, getting the Chargers at home after destroying Pittsburgh the way they did and not being able to handle their business at home against the Chargers, what do you make of Cincy right now?
3: They could win that division, but you can't be so up and down as they are. Baltimore's losing close games. Cincinnati's getting blown out when they get beat. I think John Harbaugh, who's Zach Taylor, you're going to take John Harbaugh any day of the week. I think you're going to take him over any coach in that division other than uh, Mike Domlin, but I think Baltimore will win it but not be eliminated before they get to the Super Bowl. As far as the Bengals, can they win a wild card? Sure. They got a lot of talent, but man, did they stink it up against the Chargers to a point where they're very—if you think now—they're very suspect. When are you going to pick them again after that happened?
1: Buffalo, uh, Buffalo, obviously struggled last night. But if you look at the top five scoring defenses in the league, John: Patriots one, Buffalo two, Denver three, Arizona four, Green Bay five. One team sticks out there is not living up to to what the other four have done, and it's Denver. And we know why, but uh, and they've got six wins. They're not terrible, but they're last in, in that division. Um, uh, how much does that that single out just their inability to match their defense with offense? And 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 what's your your read on the Broncos through twelve games?
3: Too much inconsistency at quarterback. They're still looking for a quarterback. I don't have faith in them. Those. AFC West teams have a bunch of games against each other. Kansas City has the toughest schedule. I don't think it matters because the Chiefs are playing so well right now. It wouldn't surprise me if the Chiefs don't win out. The key is, can the Chargers finish second? Can the Chargers win a wild card berth? Yes, they can. I just don't think much of of uh, Denver at all. I think the Broncos will end up in last place.
2: One of the bigger matchups of the coming weekend will be – Philly against Washington, uh, and whether or not we're going to see Minshew mania if they're going back to Hurts. I know Sirianni said that they would go back to Hurts when he's healthy, uh, but the way Gardner Minshew played, I know it was the Jets, the way Gardner Minshew played, John, against the Jets, what do you make of the backup quarterback who, once again, is mesmerizing whenever he gets an opportunity to come off the bench and play?
3: Well, he's still the mustache, and they said they're going back to Hurts. They wouldn't have that. that if they weren't going back to Hurts. Hurts has been running the ball great, I believe, in their last six games. They're averaging a shade over 200 yards rushing. That takes pressure off the quarterback, and, yes, it was against the Jets, so we'd have to see him against a better team. But Washington right now, they, uh, they're they two games behind Dallas, and they got to play the Cowboys two times. Taylor Heineke. I saw him. He didn't even have a cup of coffee here. He was there long enough maybe to put some sugar in it, never got his sip, and he was gone. That was under Bill O'Brien. And people here are stunned at how he's how well he's played for Washington. So that division, Dallas should win it. Dallas has the most talent. But I think Philadelphia will go with Jalen Hurst. But if they're in a wild card race and he struggles throwing the football, don't put the mustache back out there. And what a great trade that was yeah. for a six, 6 round pick. I think we all uh I think we all saw that uh that what he was capable of doing with the Jaguars, I'm kind of surprised they got rid of him and Jacksonville didn't keep him as the backup working there with uh uh Trevor Lawrence.
1: Dallas should be able to throw against Washington. Philadelphia, we don't know so much. Washington's pass defense. Which was should have been a strength, uh, has has not panned out. Dallas Dallas can sling it on a good day when they're healthy. But Philadelphia has been a running, running featured thing. With, Heineken
2: Heineke winning the uh, taking the, the the final drive and going and getting that field goal for the win, John, good. against Vegas, a passing team, uh, the Vegas Raiders. Um, and then there's Tua Tagovailoa, who's throwing short but completing eighty three percent of his passes over this win streak in Miami. If Heineke or Tua lead their team to the postseason, given the fact of where they were two months ago, do they stick around next year? Does their organization give them time to prove it, or have they, those organizations made up their mind at quarterback moving forward?
3: No, oh, I'd be stupid if those organizations had made up their mind at this point on Tonga low and Heineke, because both the, Tua's last four ratings have been at least a hundred, where. Heineke's led game-winning drives. That offense has built more around him, and now they've developed a pretty consistent running game after a slow start, and they're doing all this without their best defensive player, Chase Young. Ron Rivera, he'll deserve some Coach of the Year votes. I think Belichick will get it. Number two will be Cliff Kingsbury. But Rivera's done a really good job. They're one victory short of where they were last year. Their offense is much better. The defense is still good. Miami, five in a row, still blows me away. In fact, they, they lost, what they lose? Seven in a row, six in a row, I can't remember. And then to bounce back like that, it's like when the trade deadline came and went and they didn't get to Sean Watson, all the things, sudden the smoke settled and everything became normal and they became a better team. Are they a playoff team? No. But are they a surprising team? They sure are based on the way they started the season.
2: John, uh, if this were two months ago, I would have asked you if that alarm on your phone was a Deshaun Watson yes, trade right. alert. But I don't have to ask <laughs> that right now, so that that, that that's good. Uh on, on the way out, congratulations to your Baylor Bears. How about that? Giving us a glimpse of what the Big Twelve is going to look like. Big Twelve champions. Yep. Yep.
3: The well, last I was at Curly Culp's funeral, the uh, former great Oiler and Kansas City nose tackle, who's in the Hall of Fame, and so I was not able to see the end. Or here, in the end. Of course, I've seen it a million times, and people. It reminded me of uh, Mike Jones and Kevin Dyson. I mean, and and what happened in St. Louis, but it was closer. It was like two inches. Everybody wondered why Dave Miranda wasn't celebrating. He said we had twenty three seconds left, and we're on the two inch line. We had to make sure we didn't get pushed back, and he went forward and went down to run out the clock. So. People are really happy They play Ole Miss. Matt Corral, I can't wait to see that game. And people are very happy. And now they're talking Oregon's going to come after Dave Aranda, but he's not going anywhere.
2: Uh, they got that McLean money. He's not going anywhere. Yeah, got a good yeah, that's one. A, that's right. John McClain will see to it that he's a, a Baylor bear for life. That's
0: right. <laughs> screw, <laughs> hey, screw Phil Knight. John McClain's going to keep him at Baylor. He's got nothing to offer him at Oregon.
2: John. Yeah, I- Go
3: ahead. I was just going to say, uh, Bill O'Brien, who I know very well, was getting ripped like crazy as Alabama's offensive coordinator. (laughs) And I texted here and I said on the radio, tweeted, sorry, he deserves some credit for that great offensive game in Bryce Young. And so I thought people here would give him a little love. No, (laughs) no No love for OB. And I'm telling everybody now, Texans need to be the worst team in the NFL next year so they can get Bryce Young.
2: John, thank you as always. We always enjoy these chats, and uh, enjoy the week ahead, sir.
3: Jonathan lack and Paul, thank you guys very Thanks, much. John. Thanks, John. I can't wait to talk to you next week. Good seeing you.
2: Follow John on Twitter while you're uh, on Twitter, at McLean underscore on underscore NFL.
1: Hey, a quick thought on that Baylor game, which we never really got to. No. That running back really needed his last step to drive vertically, He went too much horizontally, and it became clear as he was running, there's a lot of time there, that he's not winning that race. I don't know if I'm crazy. First off, I think at the very least, he's got to make that last step and try to go more vertically. Secondly, I think as he's going, he should realize he's not going to win and And stop and cut in. The defender's going to fly past him. But I think he made two crucial mistakes on that when he's got the win or loss in his hands – and he made two wrong judgments there. He wasn't going to win to the pilot.
2: The only thing I think of when I see plays like that, and that that goes for guys that are going for the first down marker or the end zone, whatever it might be, is that they are coached to not cut it back. And I don't know why, but like it's like they rep that ten times in practice, and it's just you have to beat them to win the sideline. You know, that's it. For whatever reason, we're they're coach not you to go there. cut it back. I don't. I don't know why that would be the case, because otherwise instincts like, would tell you. that if they try to cut it back. Instincts would it. tell you to, hey, I'm not going to make it. I've got to get vertical.
1: And if I right? get vertical, that guy's no way he's going to adjust to my right. adjustment.
2: Yeah, just the momentum's going to take you for an extra step. You would think he
1: can't predict I'm going to do it.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. Though watching that play coming up, uh, another big win for Jim Harbaugh. I mean, they destroyed Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game a week after taking out Ohio State. So let's discuss Jim Harbaugh winning the big game so far and what's at stake for Harbaugh and Michigan now that they're in the college football playoff. That's next on Now Kick 360. So is Jim Harbaugh over the hump at Michigan? That's been a storyline debated. Over the last two weeks, or do you need to see more? Outkick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody. Glad you're with us this afternoon. If you've got us for the drive home or along the uh, Upper Cumberland, if you're listening at work, we appreciate you there on Sports Radio 104.7. What do you guys think? I, I look at what Harbaugh has done and think this is what... It is very hard to win 10 or more games in college football. Yes. Right? Especially in the Power Five. You can stack it a certain way. I mean, it's it's very easy to become bowl eligible. I mean, look around at some of these wins that teams are getting. Bad teams are getting bowl eligible. There's also plenty of bowls to choose from. Um, it's hard to go 10 plus, but that's what's expected of Harbaugh and the top coaches that are expected to keep pace with Alabama and Clemson. So to do that... You've got to do what Harbaugh just did, what Michigan just did, which was knock off Ohio State and then go win the conference championship game. Uh, all of that's impressive, and I think it also shows just how difficult it is to win at a high level. Because consider, I, th- I think the record was they were twelve and thirteen in the ten or in the two years prior to Harbaugh arriving, and that's. I mean, he he has exceeded those expectations, but in in large part, I think the heat has been on him because people don't like him. I'm one of them. People don't like Jim Harbaugh. People like James Franklin for the most part. They like James Franklin. Um, And James Franklin's record at Penn State's been nothing to write home about, but yet he's getting the contract extension because Penn State believes in the build that's taking place and that it will become what Jim Harbaugh is now doing at Michigan this year.
1: Well, the question more is, do they like Ryan Day, And can he turn, can Jim Harbaugh turn what he just did against Ohio State to his advantage in that rivalry, recruiting-wise, buzz-wise, all of that, in this one year where he's got the leg up on Ohio State, he's in the playoff, Ohio State isn't. He's got the Big Ten title, Ohio State doesn't. He's got the head-to-head win over Ohio State. What can he do with that in terms of recruiting, in terms of marketing, in terms of all of those big things in the most heated rivalry or one of the three most heated rivalries in college football? Yeah. Ohio State's had it for a long time. You just took it away from them. How do you sell it? How do you recruit with it? And if he turns that into something big, then, yeah, if it's a one-year aberration, you know, then he's asked to take another pay cut, you know, two years from now when it's going south yet again.
0: He got himself another year. That's yeah. it. I mean, that's short, that's, short, that's all. It could this is this is this is this is the flip side of the college football coaching market now, where everyone makes so much money. Um, he 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 did what I thought was right at the time. Took the the worst contract, bet on himself for a year. That bet paid off. He won big this year. They won the Big Ten. They beat Ohio State. He earned himself another year. He's got to show two things now, because if they go out and lose by forty-two to Georgia. There's going to be questions about Jim Harbaugh again. Oh, well, great. Won the Big Ten, but now you can't even compete with the best in college football. That's an embarrassing way to end the season on the national stage. I don't buy all that. He's definitely going to be coaching next year no matter what. But go back and win 10 games again next year, even if you don't beat Ohio State. I think that's the challenge now for Jim Harbaugh. Don't take a step back. Come back next year. Be just as good or close to it. And now you're starting to see a trend. Now you're starting to see something where the question you ask Hutton is, is Jim Harbaugh over the hump? He's not only over the hump at that point, he is sustaining above that mm-hmm. hump. And that that's where he needs to be ultimately. But what he did this year was buy him security going into the offseason.
1: And he's presumably got a better investment portfolio at this stage of his life before the college coaching money based on having been a successful NFL player and had a good career. Uh, he's got his name in a ring of honor in well, Indianapolis. So he's. it's easier for him to do what he's doing, earning this goodwill on his campus by giving his bonus money now back to the school to funnel to the coaches who lost out on COVID last year of the volleyball program, the softball program, all of those programs. But what goodwill on campus to create for yourself with your colleagues?
2: I just can't help but think if he's coaching the SEC, that dude is fired last year. Yeah. You know he's not given this opportunity, and I think it's just a to me what Michigan has done, and we should throw Penn State in this. Over the three of their final five games, they beat Penn State, Ohio State, and then Iowa in the championship game, and and easily we might add, might add forty two to three um, over Iowa in the championship oh, game. Now they just- get Georgia. Um, I, I think far too often. I mean, he won ten games, three out of his first four years. Well, and and, and not, I think far too often we look at that and think, oh, that's not meeting expectation. That's very difficult to do at the highest conference.
0: But this is not an SEC versus Big Ten debate. If any other Michigan coach that's not a former star quarterback at Michigan did what he did the last few years, they're fired. It, it, I say the same about Scott Frost. Scott Frost is not getting it's another chance at alumni. Nebraska if he's not Scott Frost. It's the beloved alumni. The same would happen at the SEC, in the SEC if it was a beloved former quarterback that you invested everything in and all the chips are on the table mm-hmm. – and you're basically admitting that, well, if not even him, the who? guy that was great everywhere else that came back to his alma mater didn't make it work. That's the only reason they're they're getting those chances. Honestly, it's the only way that Scott Frost or Jim Harbaugh would do what they did with their contracts because no agent would allow it. They wouldn't do it anywhere else but at their alma mater. So I, I think it's just unique to those two guys being at their alma maters. It paid off for Jim Harbaugh. Will it pay off for a guy like Scott Frost? But ultimately... Yes, he's over the hump, but he's right back in it next year if they start out poorly and they don't start sustaining this.
1: Well it's like anywhere else. Everything's temporary, right? I yeah. mean, look at Orgeron. Well, look at Dan How Mullen. long does it last?
0: Look at Dan Mullen started this year after almost beating Alabama and then he's fired before the season's over.
2: Michigan's got some dudes. I, I, I can't wait to to watch the matchup against Georgia and the physicality and the tone setting that Michigan brings they just whipped Ohio State. That is the playoff. That's the semifinal game to watch. Yeah, that's no foregone conclusion. You. Yeah, and thankfully Alabama won and gave us that matchup. We're, yes. back, we're back after this. Button's tied. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. His savior. <laughs>